Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Welcome to the first episode of What You Say in English. I'm Frank, and today is Sunday.、Uh, it's it 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 started as a very very bright and beautiful day. It's very hot. I am、uh, recording here from Madrid, and you know it's the middle of the summer, so it's pretty pretty hot around here.、Uh, before I get started and receiving the recordings from people for me to analyze and give them feedback. I would like to to go to do a walkthrough of, of, of the things that I would like to cover in the in the show. The first point that I would like to cover is grammatical resource. But before we get to that point, I would like to、uh, explain the terminology first. And I know that we can get lost,、uh, you know, in the middle of so many terms, terminology that you might probably find a little boring, but. You know that's part of what we do, and sometimes I feel it's quite necessary to understand what I'm talking about,、uh, especially if you、uh, if you listen from another country. You know where all this、uh, system that we use here, in, in especially in Spain and, and the rest of Europe. So the first thing I would like to talk about is the common European framework of reference for languages. We call it Cefr, C-E-F-R. I will post the link in the description of the podcast for for you to list. You know, if you want to find out a little more about it, the Cefr is a system. It's a framework that we use to、uh, differentiate between the different levels of English learners,、uh, the levels of proficiency that that people have. The system goes. It's quite easy to understand because it has six different levels. It goes from A2.、Uh, the A2 level is a very basic level. Then it goes to,、uh, sorry, A1.、Uh, then it goes to A2. We call that kind of learner a basic user.、Um, the A1 would be a breakthrough or beginner. The A, the A1,、uh, the A2 would be a way stage of elementary. Then we have the B level. The B level is also divided into two. The B1 would be a threshold or intermediate level. It's pretty much the level that I usually encounter here in Madrid. You know, teaching and and the different place at the different places where I work,、um, I usually find people who have an sort of like A2 B1 level. Then we have a B2, which is the vantage or upper intermediate level. Then we have the C level. Uh, we call that proficient user of English, and then we have the C1, the the very common advanced level, and then we have the C2, which is the proficiency. When we、uh, typify students and learners into these categories, we have to follow certain criteria. And whether you want to take an exam like IELTS or TOEFL or you know Cambridge exams,、uh, you fall into one of these categories. The difference between, for example, IELTS exams、uh, and TOEFL, with the Cambridge exams, is that Cambridge exams are certificates. They they、uh, give accredita- accreditation for a level, for a specific level. 
on the other hand, we have uh, exams like IELTS and TOEFL, uh, which uh, give a, a, a level. I mean, they are like a placement test. You don't fail, you don't pass, you get a number, and depending on that number, you are typified, you know, classified in one of these categories. These uh, levels that uh, I'm going to be using, the Sefer level, the, the common European framework for languages, is a standard that can be compared to different standards around the world. I know that, for example, I was talking to a friend from India, and he was telling me, for example, that in India, they don't use the Sefer. It's a little bit different. They use a, their own national system. And I know, for example, that in the U.S., uh, in America, in general, they use the ACTEFL, which is another uh, framework for reference of languages. I know that this is a whole world, and it's easy to get lost, but I'm going to be using, I'm going to stick to the Sefer and the Common European Framework for Languages, uh, because I think it's very straightforward and very easy to follow and to understand. And of course, when we talk about grammar, we have different levels of achievement. And when course writers, uh, people who create the course books for, you know, learning English, they usually follow these, this system uh, to plot the different uh, levels of achievement when it comes to grammar. And this is what we follow um, as teachers. And also examiners follow this. Of course, they have to set by a standard criteria that they have to follow. I mean, whether you're an IELTS examiner or a Cambridge exam examiner, they have to follow certain criteria. So this is what I'm going to stick to when I give the feedback. Uh, as we go along in the different uh, episodes, I'm, I'm going to be delivering bits by uh, bits of information that will be useful for you to understand the kind of feedback that I'm going to give. Because it doesn't matter if I teach about control, for example, gram grammatical control, if you don't know, for example, what grammatical control is. And I think it's going to be a necessary step to get started and to delve into this uh, terminology first. If you do a little bit of research, you will find out, for example, that the Sefer is applicable to the different exams around. And when we talk about, for example, I already talked about Cambridge, uh, IELTS, TOEFL, as I said before, and of course we have the Trinity uh, College exams. Um, they, they do things a little differently, but in the end, you fall into these categories. It is very important, for example, that we do not use terminology um, I know that, for example, the ACTEFL, they, they do, um, from what I've read, for example, they do a classification between native speakers and English learners. And this is something that the Sefer, I know this because I've read about this, I know that the Sefer, for example, the Common European Framework of Languages, they have tried to avoid recently the use of native speaker in, you know, the categories. And we talk about proficient users 
of English. When we get to a mastery level like C2, when you can handle the language very naturally and you use the structures very, you know, with flexibility and all those things that, that you can do. In recent years, for example, there's been a resurgence of, it's been called different names. Um, it was called, for example, World Englishes, uh, English as, as an international language. But more recently, there's been a, a movement uh, which calls it ELF, uh, which is English as a lingua franca. If you don't know what a lingua franca is, well, there's Google. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, English as a lingua franca. Lingua franca is a vehicle, you know, that across the history, for example, during the Roman Empire, for example, Greek used to be a lingua franca. I mean, that was the language that a lot of merchants who traveled around the Mediterranean Sea, for example, used to communicate with other people who didn't speak their own language. Now, everybody knows that English has become a very international language, so for a lot of people it's become a lingua franca. David Crystal said that the ratio of English speakers in the world is there's three non-native speakers of English per one English native speaker. So you can imagine there are more people who speak English as a second language than people who speak it as a first language. And that tells you something. You can have more possibilities to find another person uh, whose first language is not English who you will be probably speaking English to. That said, I mean, that tells you something important. I mean, it, it tells you, for example, that it's not like uh, years and years ago in which, you know, one of the things that we paid attention to, I mean, as English teachers, that is that students would be able to mimic as much as possible the pronunciation of native speakers. And of course, that's a you know, that's a feat in itself. I mean, being able to speak as a native, well, native is a very ge uh, generic term because native from where? Uh, but still, I mean, if you can sound, for example, British or American or South African or Australian, for example, would give you like a certain prestige among other people. But currently, for example, when we talk about English as a lingua franca, we talk about other concepts that are very important for communication. If we look, for example, at the B2, I mean, if you look at the B2 descriptors for the CEFR, the Common European Framework, we can say, we can see, for example, that at B2 level, we have that students, learners can understand the main ideas of complex texts and, uh, you know, in both concrete and abstract topics, including technical discussions in their field of specialization. Um, they can also interact with a degree of fluency and spontaneity that makes regular interaction with uh, other speakers quite uh, possible without strain for either party. I mean, this is at B2 level. And people, I mean, students can also produce clear, detailed texts on a wide range of subjects and explain viewpoints on a topical issue, giving the advantages and disadvantages of various options. At B2 level, a, st a student, a learner, is an independent user. It be uh, becomes an independent user of the language. <laughs> Thank you.
So when we uh, plot this against grammar as a whole, we we come to the different levels. And when you teach as a teacher, when you teach, uh, you know, using different course books, you you know, you learn all these things. You learn, for example, that uh, at A2 levels, for example, uh, students learn present simple. They get, uh, they start learning the present perfect. Um, they start, you know, getting the hints of uh, complex structures. We we'll, we will get to that when we, you know, analyze other people speaking. Um, complex structures. Then, for example, when you move on to a um, B level, B1, B2, then we learn, for example, conditionals, we learn um, relative clauses, you know, we, we know all those things, all these things. And we know, for example, that uh, a student should be able to master all the different um, grammar concepts one at a time at, a, at different levels. So this is... Uh, I know it's it all sounds very confusing at first, but I promise that when we get to analyze people's recordings, we will get to this. I mean, I will explain, uh, you know, step by step what what these all means. And I know I know that it's it's overwhelming, but, you know, I needed to do this. I needed to, you know, get started and 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 walk you through the, the system, the level of uh, the system of levels that we have at least in Europe, when we get to analyze, for example, um, you know, recordings of people, um, I will also try to apply the different descriptors, not only from Cambridge University, uh, Cambridge assessment, but I will try to also use descriptors from IELTS and other exams out there. So you, you know, can get a global idea of, you know, how this works. If you have any questions, remember that I'm always here. Leave a message in my Anchor profile. Don't forget to subscribe in any platform where my podcast is available. And if you have the time, leave a positive comment about my podcast. That will that would mean so much to me. It would give me life, so to speak. Um, so thank you very much for listening. This was the first episode, and next week we're going to be talking about vocabulary range. So thank you very much, and see you next week. <laughs>